Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Rasick. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and my co-host, Chris Rasick. Thanks for being back again this week, man. Good to see you. I always, I always pull up our, our recording software and I'm like, you know what? This is going to be the week when he's like, you know, I'm, I think I'm done with this. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm glad, to, I'm glad that you pop up in here uh, every single week. Uh, before we get started, I know we're going to be talking about productivity today. Uh, but before we get started, this episode is going to air uh, on the first day of the annual holiday celebration, Prime Day. Uh, and see, Prime Day this year is July 12th and 13th uh, of 2022. Uh, this is the first of what is rumored to be two Prime Days this year. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what to expect from Prime Day and maybe what not to expect. And then... I don't know. Maybe we can we can go down our wish list of things that maybe we uh, decide we want to purchase on Prime Day. So, since since you're a little bit closer to the start of your Amazon business, I'm curious from you, what was your first Prime Day like? Uh, and you know, I guess what were the what was what was the idea you had in your head, or maybe some of the misconceptions that you had about Prime Day when it came to being an arbitrage seller. Well, uh, right or wrong, I don't, I try not to pay too much attention to one-off events, if it's not really fair to, to call it that. Um, you know, I, I try to, you know, I kind of remain humble in my business mm-hmm. and I know, I, I know there's a, a whole lot of consistency and, and a workflow that I'm still trying to build and trying to perfect. Um, you know, so I, I kind of think it's more important for me to do my best to stay consistent. That way, if I do get more eyeballs on my listings, if I've been consistent, then I've, you know, pretty much maximized my inventory that I have available uh, and the sales should come. But as far as like specific actions for prime day, um, I don't, I don't do much. You know, I, I, um, I think I kind of look at it more like, like every single day, you know, it's the same day over and over again. And, not in a bad way, you know, in Mm -hmm. in a good way, you know, it's just, let's stick to your processes, stick to your, you know, get your to-do list done and, and, you know, be productive and, and it'll pay off. Yeah. I, I've always kind of taken the same approach, you know, we're, we don't do any private label. Well, I mean, I've done a little bit in the past and failed spectacularly, but uh, you know, we don't do any private label anymore. And I guess I do, I do usually see a little bump just because people are shopping anyway. And so, you know, what's the cure for shopping? A little more shopping. Uh, and they'll go out and, you know, fill up a cart with other things when they're buying a, a new Kindle or, or Echo Show or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't really done anything different either. I, I'm not even sure if I've ever spent all my ad money on a Prime Day. Uh, you know, I run a little bit of cheap advertising and I'm not sure I've ever, ever hit it. But I have seen some bumps in sales. I wouldn't say a, a record amount or anything like that. It's not like 
a PL seller who might do a million dollars on Prime Day because of discounts and things. Um, But one of the things that Prime Day always reminds me about is what's right around the corner. Uh, Well, when they, you know, when it's regular, like it's always usually in July. And so back to school's right after that. And so there is some opportunity either to take advantage now or, uh, you know, really kind of hammer down and, and go back to school shopping. Because one of the things I do really like to take advantage of Prime Day is the competing sales. Now, I know Amazon has bowed out for this year, but I've already been taking a look at uh, Target, uh, Coach is having one, Macy's. I mean, there's tons of other sites that are going to be having, oh, Best Buy had a really good one coming. Uh, you know, so there's all these places where we can go and spend a ton of money and get discounted products worth short-lived sales, which can usually give us a little bit of a competitive advantage. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really what I think is, is great about Prime Day is just the fact that other people want to get shoppers money and we can give that to them uh, and then go make a profit on it on Amazon. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of if you, uh, if it's the uh, Jamaican bobsled team, that you know, you kind of hit July 1st and that is the end of quarter two, beginning of quarter three. And it's kind of like the first first kind of back and forth with the bobsled, you know, before you before you launch, you know, kind of the downhill slide uh, towards uh, the rest of the year. Exactly. Uh, and of course, I know we'll, we'll probably be doing a, a show on um, probably be doing a show on Q4, I would imagine, coming up fairly soon where we can talk about ideas and and things like that. But it, it's just about time to start getting ready for that. Uh, I have, I don't know, I share an opinion with a couple of other people that may be a little controversial for Q4. And so I'll be excited to share that a little bit. Uh, do you have, do you have your eyes on anything uh, for the business or for yourself this coming Prime Day? I, well, I have received and installed my ring doorbells. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was that was fun. Um, and I, I did it all myself. And and if you don't know, I am as far from handy as as it gets. Um, and then throw in the fact I'm not rich to pay for anything, you know, so there, there's a bunch of broken stuff around my house. But uh, uh, I did. I installed them all myself. The one one ring doorbell, I got two of the four screws in. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I got three of the four screws in. And we're That's talking a win. That is a win. Absolutely. And we're talking like through the, the aluminum siding and, you know, nothing's fallen off yet. Um, so and then I got to I upgraded uh, my Echo Show. So I've got that on my my desk right here so I can uh, I can answer the door and, and talk to people and yell at people to get off my lawn. And Yeah. And you don't even have to go outside to do it. <laughs> right. I don't even have to get up. Uh it's funny. The, the very first night I, I put, I put the one in um, on the side door and uh, it, we've talked about it before. I stay up pretty late. And so time got away from me. I wasn't really sure what time it was, and, but you know, I got it, got that first one installed. I got it hooked up, connected, you know, as far as like apps and downloading what I need and, you know, hooked it up with the echo show. And, and so I'm like, all right, you know, I need to, I need to get to bed. And the, my little, my littlest daughter fell asleep in the living room, right? So I'm carrying her upstairs. I put her in bed. I lay down and my phone goes off and it's a, a new notification, one that I, I haven't, I wasn't familiar with. 
So I look and it, my phone says, there is a person at your side door. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> like, like, like my heart rate got, you know, started beating real fast. I was like, Ooh, the very first night I got one of you bastards. <laughs> so, so, so I pull it up and, and, uh, uh, but what a what a notification there's a person at your side door and it, like late at night you know i don't know that at, at the time i didn't know what time it was but here it was i wasn't paying attention it was actually like almost four o'clock in the morning which is the time that my wife gets home from her shift and so i pulled it up and it was my wife i was like oh okay oh, <laughs> but, oh man it's, but it's, uh, i thought i had one that's a little anticlimactic, unfortunately, you know, <laughs> but, but I'm glad, I'm glad he didn't have to go out and like pummel somebody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so Amazon has done something really smart with ring. And I know ring is not, was not theirs originally. Uh, but whoever the team is who decided to one, you get video surveillance of your, you know, your front door, your side door, whatever it is. Uh, you've got the ability to easily share the video and there's a little bit of a social networking aspect to it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we'll be laying, my wife and I will be laying in bed at night and I don't, I actually don't have the ring app on my phone. Okay. Uh, if somebody knocks on my front door, I am probably not going to answer it unless I'm expecting a package or something like that. Uh, and I happen to sit so that I can see the front door from my office. Uh, and if I, if I can see one of those, uh, tags around their neck which you know means that they're a door-to-door -door salesman it's just not going to happen i'm sorry you guys uh you know door-to-door -door salesmen are great i i i appreciate the hustle but i just don't want to uh, i don't want to have that conversation uh when it's 120 fahrenheit outside and uh you know 97 percent humidity but uh my wife will be pulling it up and scrolling through the the ring app and she'll be like, Oh, did you hear what happened on a street down, you know, a street down the road? Or did you hear what happened three houses? I'm like, no, I didn't. And it's just a bunch of Karen's going in there and like <laughs> someone stepped on my lawn and, and, uh, and all this. And it's just <laughs> like, Oh my goodness. But it keeps people coming back, which is, you know, smart on their part. Yeah, Absolutely. I, but what a what a tough racket it is anymore for door to door salesmen. Oh man, I wish no it, kidding. I want like a maybe this is my private label, uh, very first private label item. I want a, a doormat that that says, "I've never bought anything from anyone that knocked on my door, and you're not going to be the first. So I don't I don't know. It's not quite catchy enough, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, yeah I don't I don't answer it most of the time unless it's the cable the old cable company that we used to have. I did. That's one of the advantages that Ring is going to give me is that I'll be able to identify quicker when it's the cable company because I, so I do can... like I do like talking to them because I okay I, I like talk, telling them that you know aside from the birth of my children, the day I left cable was the happiest day of my life. So and they, that that's always a fun conversation. I don't I don't want to miss those. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, the uh, the so I have. Um... Oh, what is that? I have uh, I have fiber here at the house, nice. uh, and it's great, uh, great price. You know, locked in for life, all that stuff. It's really, really good. Yeah, but the people who I used to have internet from, they of course do come around, uh, and as soon as I tell them, oh no, I had I had fiber installed, uh, they just kind of look at their shoes and kick the ground and start <laughs> walking away. 
there's nothing in the rebuttal book for that one. <laughs> so, uh, all right. We should probably stop procrastinating and start talking a little bit about productivity. Uh, and I don't know how we use it. What's it, what's it about, uh, and how it can make us better business owners, better sellers, uh, because we've got a, I don't know, we've got a lot to juggle as Amazon sellers and you've got, you need to source, you need to reprice, you need to learn new, new things, learn new softwares, uh, you know, maybe implement new processes. And that's before we even get to any customer service. Uh, or a hey guys, wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to the Clear the Shelf podcast. My magnanimous co-host Chris Rasick has put together a gift for you for being a listener. It's called the Monthly Goal Tracking Spreadsheet and it's free. The spreadsheet will help you break down and track how much you've purchased, which should be a leading indicator of how much you will sell. And then you'll be able to track how much you've sold as well as your estimated monthly profit on a daily basis. This will all feed into the daily averages so you can ensure that you're on track to meet your goals each and every month. Grab it for free today over at cleartheshelf.com forward slash goal dash tracking. Thanks again for being a listener. Now back to the show. Health issues or anything like that, uh, you know, or one of the most important things we do as Amazon sellers, scroll social media and and talk to each other in uh, in Facebook groups and stuff. Uh, so I guess I kind of want to get your idea of productivity and uh, and I guess what things you think are important and are not important. Yeah, it, productivity is it's something that I have been actively studying lately. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, it's it's one of my favorite topics when I'm looking for a book to read, um, you know, or, or choosing a new book or trying to decide what what to, uh, you know, an audio book to listen to next, uh, because I like even if it's repetitive, even if there's overlap from book to book, um, it, it's positive reinforcement. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, there's always good ideas. And, and the more I can kind of hammer those into my head, uh, the better. And before you, before you go on, as just a little aside to that idea that you brought up, I was I was actually scrolling through Twitter this, uh, I don't know, this past week. And I saw something from Alex Hormozzi. And he said, he said, to be a great teacher, uh, you're not necessarily introducing new topics all the time, but often the best thing you can do is remind people again about what you've taught them in the past. Uh, uh, and yeah. I think that's a number one. I agree with you 100 percent. It's, you know, being reminded of those those things is super important. But two, it's amazing how much we can forget uh, after we take take that kind of stuff in. So I'm sorry for interrupting yeah. there. The, the the percentage of retention is terrible you know mm -hmm. once you when you, if you actually look at it uh so so yeah i love it and and you know there's something to be said not to go too far down a, uh the tangent rabbit hole but you know there's something to be said about the voice that you're listening to whether you're reading mm -hmm. it or whether it's an audio book uh you know maybe the delivery is the better way is the better term that i'm looking for you know certain authors present can present the same thing in their own way, in their own voice. And you could take to one a whole lot better than the other one. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in fact, I did that. I, I listened to, uh, I'm listening to, well, I just finished when by Daniel Pink. That was, uh, mm -hmm. uh Jordan's recommendation. That was awesome. I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, and then I'm start, I'm reading, um, 
was it David Allen getting things okay. done? Yeah, yeah, that's David Allen. Yeah, um, but <laughs> but I tell you, you ever get certain books that are just kind of cursed? I this is it's such a good book, but I I've been so distracted lately. Um, but it was essentially it was Daniel Pink that that said, and, and this is not verbatim, not even close, but you know, essentially he said with all the research and all the studies and and the positive impacts that it makes you're essentially stupid if you don't exercise on a regular mm -hmm. basis <laughs> you know and which you know i've heard that before and and that's you know, blunt <laughs> well and he obviously he put it much better you know i mean he was he was direct with it but uh you know like i said not not a direct quote but it was it had that kind of effect you know mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, and, and, and people have told me that, you know, that, and, and obviously you hear it all over the place. And, you know, my wife might have called me stupid for not exercising. You know, I, you know, it's it's been around. It's not the first time I've heard it. But but I liked I liked the book and I, I, I ate the book. I, I just chewed through it as fast as possible. So hearing it from him, hearing it from someone that had that I had a lot of respect for and that that I really, really enjoyed um, it, it made an impact. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I started, I, I've got uh, a, a couple, uh, a few slash marks of, of in the gym. Oh, nice. Already. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to the gym and, and, um, but that led to me not listening or that led to the curse on the David Allen book because I realized I can't listen to an audio book at the gym, at least not right away, uh, because I'm, I'm too busy trying to figure out if I'm having a heart attack and I'm going to die. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, like I'm watching. You know, it's a it's like a it's a mini um, athletic panic attack. Like I, I've got my hands on the, <laughs> I've got my hands on the heart rate monitor, and I'm watching it, uh, and I'm like, that's that seems pretty high. And then like I start thinking it might be too high, and then it starts going higher, and it's like, ah oh, shit, I'm gonna die right here. On the <laughs> So I should not. I should not laugh at your pain, but that's no, no. really funny. No, it's uh, yeah. No, I'm like I'm kind of like I'm kind of like you know doing a Chevy chase to myself, just going, oh, you're gonna die, you know. And it's it's just, I know it's how stupid it is, but you know, but it's just so funny how you, the heart rate just keeps going up, and it's like, all right, this this is the day at the goddamn YMCA. I'm done. It's, it's been good, and, uh, but but then you know the next thing you know. I've been trying to assess whether I'm having a heart attack or not for like 20 straight minutes. And I have no idea what David Allen said, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, all right. So, you know, do I, do I go back? It's like, I'm not even sure what point I zoned out. You know, I might, have, I'm going to have to listen to the whole thing over again, but, um, but yeah, so that, that's, that was my adventures. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> following some good advice from Daniel Pink. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so funny. I, I may, I don't know. I'm not necessarily, I, I want to do an episode on like the importance of getting out and moving because we do have, you know, we could sit behind computers all the time. I'm just not mm -hmm. sure how well it would land with the audience when they can look at us and realize it's, it's too, uh, you know, we are a shape, but we're not necessarily in shape. Uh, yeah. And I'm just not sure how it would land with folks, but you know, I'd say, yeah. I, I, when I am consistently moving, you know, whether it's working out or making sure I get outside and take some walks or, you know, maybe spend a day outside with the family or whatever, uh, I feel a lot better, uh, you know, mm -hmm. 
stress levels are down and things like that. And, and I know how important it is. Uh, and I actually, I need to be better. I need to, I need to renew my, my vigor of, of getting that, uh, getting that done. Yeah. It's a, we, we should talk about how to structure your day. Um, uh, because, you know, like you said, lead into it, there's a whole lot to do. So productivity is really important. Mm-hmm. However, there's no playbook. There's no structure for this business. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you have to create your own game plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found uh, that the days where I get out and do something outside of the house, away from the computer earlier in my day, I feel much, much better the entire day. Cause it's, it, it, there's something in my head that, that almost like kind of checks a box and it's like, okay, you definitely did something productive, you know? Mm-hmm. And then not to mention, then once I come back and sit down and, and do the computer work that I have to do, I, I feel refreshed, you know? And it's yeah. as opposed to, you know, first thing in the morning sitting right here and, you know, wiping the, the, you know, the crusties off your eyes with the, you know, your first cup of coffee and, you know, it, it, the days where I let that kind of get away from me and, you know, next thing I know, I, you know, it's, I've had two meals at my desk already and I'm still plugging away. And it's those days aren't as good as, as when I get away from it a little bit earlier. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that really is kind of, I'm not necessarily one who thinks that maybe like a, a morning routine is absolutely critical to your success. Uh, but I think that they do have a place in kind of setting a framework for the rest of your day. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, for, you know, for, for me too, I like, I like to get up. I like to, I don't do any like grounding or anything like that. Cause I am not really sure, you know, that works or not. I know some people are, you know, don't at me about that. Uh, you know, I just, I'm not sure rubbing my feet in the dirt is, is the way to go, but I am, uh, I do believe in the whole, you know, getting some sunlight in your eyes and, you know, on your skin and stuff like that in the morning is good. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's something I always try to just go outside for a little bit, maybe take a little walk before I actually sit down and, and do anything. Uh, and also a little reading and and stuff like that. Yeah, that was, that was Daniel Pink touched on that too. He said, uh, you know, if you can get about 10 minutes of sunlight first thing in the morning, um, cause he said basically like the, yeah, too many books are saying don't drink coffee first thing in the morning, which kind of pisses me off. But yeah, uh, you know, they, they say, you know, your body, it, it, I think it's uh, it's cortisol, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually like that's already waking you up. So, and they the the point with the coffee is that you know if you start drinking coffee first thing habitually, um, you, you're actually you could actually negate the effect of the cortisol. You know the the way your body is naturally kind of shaking the cobwebs off. Uh, but they said sunlight, you know, can actually help uh, wake you up faster and, and make you more alert. So. And then obviously the the exercise part of it, um, you know, the, the energy boost that you get from that, they, they say it can last up to 12 hours. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's obviously a, another uh, a good way to go. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit. How do you how are you productive? Like what are what are the tactics that you use in, in your own life to make sure you kind of get shit done? Uh, I, I like small to do lists. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of, uh, I think it's a, a two pronged approach. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before with under time management. Um, you certainly don't want a long to do list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't want a list that, um, creates any negativity, you know, because you don't get it done. Uh, it's not a great feeling to take 
things that you didn't get done and put it on tomorrow's to-do list. Um, you know, that's a, a bit of a, a, a negative if you do it that way. So, so if you only have a couple on there, you know, you, you get kind of the rush of, of crossing those off and, and, you know, hopefully crumpling the whole thing up because you got it all done. Um, and, uh, and then a short list I find is easy to prioritize. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, if you're, if you're jotting, you know, three to five things down tops, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to sort that in the order of importance, you know, of, yeah. of what you have to get done and, and, and when. So, you know, I find that's the easiest way to, to start tackling stuff. Um, you know, it, it's funny, the, the, a couple of different quotes that, that I've been reading and, and or comments from authors. Um, it's so easy. And, and this kind of hit home with me because it, it's so easy to forget that productivity <sighs> It's not, it has nothing to do with the, with like the amount, you know, productivity is what you actually get done, you know, because I think it's, I think so many people create busyness and, and think that they're being productive, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I like the, the stuff that I'm reading about, you know, how, how just being busy is, you know, counterproductive in, in reality. There's a, Tim Ferriss has a great quote on that. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase this, but it's focus on being productive rather than being busy. And then he goes, he goes on a little bit about that, but yeah. Uh, For the people who practice busyness, you're, you're really kind of just lying to yourself, you know, unfortunately, but it's one of those easy to swallow lies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, I spent nine, almost 10 years at the bank as uh, a manager most of the time. And, uh, and, and other, you know, I've had enough management positions in, in different industries. There's so many people that you come across that have it in their heads and will openly tell you about it anytime you try to get them to do something else. Um, there's so many people that have it in their heads that they're working at 100% capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they're, oh, yeah, I mean, anytime you just walk up to them and, you know, almost before you can say anything at all, they're like, oh, I, I'm just so busy. You know, it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're you're the, inefficient. You know the the statistics would say otherwise. <laughs> right, right. It's uh, which one was the law that that uh, the amount of time that you know what you what you have to do will fill the allotted amount of times. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I shouldn't be whiffing on this one. It's one of my favorites. Is that Parkinson's law? Yes, I believe so. That sounds correct. Yeah, they, well, that wasn't a very good summary, but it's, you know, the the amount of time, you know, the, your task that you have will fill the allotted amount of time that you've given it mm-hmm. pretty much no matter what, you know, which is, oh. uh, yeah, that's uh, the story of uh, the eight to five punch in, you know, the, the, uh, what was it? I think it was Daniel Pink again. Um, I'm name dropping him like crazy already. Uh, <laughs> but he uh, he said the average workday, the studies that are done. Uh, in an eight-hour workday, there's only just shy of three hours of actual work done in an eight-hour eight workday. It used to be four. That uh, that really absolutely surprises me. Uh, yeah, it was like two yeah. hours and fifty-two minutes on on oh. average was was the study that he quoted. See, that's that's insane to me. Uh, and, and I mean, the fact is, is well, one that that's that's a really great. That's a great um, 
illustration as to how the eight hour workday is complete bull crap. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's a, that's probably a hill I would die on just kind of like the, the five day work week is kind of BS too. Uh, mm. you know, but the, the amount of things that do get done in that three hours by companies is pretty crazy. Uh, but can you imagine if companies were actually efficient, uh, or, you know, kind of really worked on their employees being productive and efficient with their time. One, uh, you know, what would that do to businesses output? Uh, and two, what would work actually look like if, you know, we switched from the social paradigm we have now to something that was based in actual fact? Uh, you know, I wonder, would everyone have a four hour work day or, a, you know, a four day work week or something like that and not make less money? But again, we're going to go down another another tangent if, <laughs> if we're not careful here. So I want to talk a little bit about what I do. I kind of I like your method. I like the to do list. I you know, I've showed them on screen a few times. I like to write everything down. Um, now, you know, I know that, you you know, Brian Tracy and uh, and a bunch of other people, you know, tell you to eat the frog and, you know, do the hard things first and, and everything like that. And We've talked about the ABCDE method uh, with your to-do lists. So I do mine just a little bit different where I really like to, I like to do about seven things on my to-do list every day, unless there's a project that's really big and going to take a ton of time. But I always like to knock off one or two really easy things first, just to kind of, just kind of allow myself to stack some small wins up. Uh, and then, you know, if I've got to spend three hours on the phone with, seller support, I can, I can kind of remember the good times where I cleared out my inbox and, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, check sales for the day. Uh, but that's, that's kind of how I like to do it. And, and then I really like to break it up. So about every hour or so I, I try to take a little break, uh, you know, just five minutes or whatever to walk around and kind of, kind of reset, uh, my mind a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm big fans of that, too. There's something to be said about it. I mean, it, it's the same point as finishing the entire to-do list. You know, you, you cross a couple off first thing, even if they're easy. You know, it kind of builds a little momentum, builds a little po positivity, and gets mm -hmm. you going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any any favorite productivity authors? Yeah. Um, now, we've, we've talked about uh, we talked about the motivation myth mm -hmm. before, and that's drawing a blank on his name. Um, oh man, that was, I was a huge fan of of that. Jeff Hayden. Mode. That's right, Jeff Hayden. Um, and I just realized uh, he's still writing for Ink. dot com. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, and no, he's still publishing stuff. Um, I followed him on, on LinkedIn and, and yeah, he's, he's publishing links to his articles and uh, yeah, he's still, he's still going at it. Um, that was fascinating. Um, you know, and the, the concept if uh, we've touched on it before, but basically it's the, the myth that he talks about as far as motivation goes is you don't search for motivation. You know, the, the, what you produce, the results that you get, creates the motivation mm -hmm. in return you know it's actually um 
it's actually the other way around from how it's it's you know commonly looked at which uh i thought was was brilliant uh you know when i read it um and and it made a whole lot of sense that that whole book is uh start to finish that was great so he's definitely a a a very very good one Um, obviously atomic habits we uh that's 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 as low hanging fruit as as you get uh we're both huge fans of that um I got to figure out, I'm going to read that again, just because I want to, uh, I want to experience it all over again, getting back to that, you know, reinforcement. Um, you know, I think it'd be, I think I'm definitely due to, to get another reading of that. And I don't know if you're able to or not, uh, but, oh no, I think it passed. Oh, well, uh, James Clear was in Columbus uh mm. had uh, doing a, a book signing and a talk and i'll have to if it has not passed already i'll find it and see if you can make it because uh i'd love to yeah. live vicariously through you on an event like that i definitely zip down there for him yeah he's awesome yeah. and if if people don't know his newsletter is probably i i <laughs> I, I don't know and, and i probably wouldn't tell the audience how many newsletters that i uh, subscribe to uh, cause it's a, it's a gross, <laughs> really high a number, but his is definitely top three of everything that I read and, yeah. and I read a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. If I, yeah, it would be, be his probably number one for me. Uh, the hustle is up there. That's one of my favorites. Uh, and Tim Ferriss's is not bad. Uh, but yeah, yeah. James Clear is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, you know, the I think and I know that it's talked about a lot, but the just getting one percent better every day. And I know this about productivity, but in the getting one percent better every day is such a powerful uh, idea, uh, tactic, you know, you name it. It's I don't know. I think it's one of the biggest uh, ideas in, you know, business and productivity books ever. Uh, and I, and I don't know if it was necessarily his idea originally, but he made it mainstream and popular that, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a really, really good one. Yeah. And it's definitely something that can help productivity in general. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, and it's one of those, I, I don't know how many eyes are going to roll when we mention that on the podcast. It's, it's funny. It's, it's one of those things that if you're not into it, if you haven't bought into it, you really don't want to hear about it, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, we have 1%, whatever. I, and I, <laughs> I've had the same reaction um, previously, right? I, I've read, st- I've had stuff come through and, and I, I know it said something about 1% and I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not in the mood for this crap. <laughs> you know, like, nope, not doing it. But if you really study it, you know, or, or again, you, you have, a voice that you respect and, and you like, like James Clear or, or, you know, some of the other authors that we've talked about and they mention it and then they break it down in a way that really kind of sinks in. Mm-hmm. It, it's fantastic. Uh, and it's, it works. It's, you know, it's, it's something you can definitely implement. You know, there's no, you know, the barrier to, to start doing it is minimal. Uh, you know, it's, it's really a fantastic concept it could, and it could really help. You just keep piling on just these little improvements and uh yeah I, I mean the whole thing atomic habits you know the the process all about the process instead of the the result and the motivation myth 
is is the same thing. I, I've mm-hmm. said it before. You know, Atomic Habits and the Motivation Method are probably one, two, uh, as my favorite books. Yeah, um, yeah, but there, it's basically like setting a goal, figuring out how you're going to get there, and then completely forgetting about the goal. You know, and, and it's all about the process. You know, you just kind of, I kind of relate it to like, you remember on like long car rides, or um, even like a, I've related it to a train before. You know how the if you're if you're sitting in a, in a vehicle and you're traveling and you you know you look down at the road you can tell you're going really really fast mm-hmm. you know but if you look up at the horizon it's almost like you're not moving at all you know it's it's so the kind of the perspective you know but if you if you're down on the road you know where the rubber meets the road that's where all the action is you know and and so if you just kind of concentrate on turning the wheels over and and you know making progress being productive you know, you're going to end up way further down as if you just kind of set your eyes on the goal. You know, I mean, that's, you got to figure out how to get there, you know, and if, if you yeah. don't have a, a really solid plan, it's going to seem impossible, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and, uh, that, that also goes into this. I, I shared a quote not too long ago about, uh, it was actually another James Clear quote about, uh, you know, setting aside for thinking time. And it, I actually kind of, I kind of think this may be really important for your productivity. Uh, and I had someone comment on that and they're like, well, you know, there's some of us who just aren't as smart and can't necessarily think critically. I would, I, I respectfully disagree with their, their opinion. Uh, I think raw mental horsepower is overrated. Uh, and I think that, uh, just grit and determination and, uh, you know, working is, is underrated a little bit, not necessarily, you know, hustling 24 seven, but, you know, putting in concentrated effort, uh, will pay off over time in most cases. Uh, you know, but I think that's another thing that people should probably put on their like to-do list every day, uh, or maybe once a week is, you know, some deep thinking based on information you've taken in and things like that. So that you do have a plan going forward, uh, you know, so we need to be working on the goals, but not necessarily have to, you know, think about or, you know, look at them all the time. You know, while we're on this topic, though, I, I want to shift a little bit and talk about things not to do to stay productive. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before, but it takes what, uh, something like 15 to 17 minutes to actually refocus. Is that right? I'm going to believe it's 23 minutes, 23. Okay. Uh, so I know that I have problems with shiny objects. You know, I'll, I'll start working on something and then, you know, a kid wants something or one of the dogs needs lets out. And, and then while I'm doing that, I'm also, you know, maybe scrolling Twitter and, you know, finding the next quote for me to, uh, to look at or the next book or the next thread or whatever. And then I've got to come back and I need to answer emails or maybe I need to actually, you know, open some sort of case or do some sourcing. And then it just takes forever to get back into the groove. Um, So I've tried to adopt a little bit more of deep work. And have you read that book by Cal Newport by chance? Not yet. Not yet. Very high on my list. Yeah, that's a that's a great book. Uh, You know, but he talks a lot about uh, just like James Clear does kind of designing your uh, your space to actually get deep work done 
you know, so the television that is right over to my right is probably not a good thing to have hanging in my office. Uh, but I actually, I do have it unplugged right now. Uh, you know, maybe trying to work without a phone, uh, you know, refreshing your sales on Amazon is like crack to us sellers, uh, you know, but that pulls us away from the task that needs to be at hand. Uh, and, and there's a lot of other things you can do, you know, whether that's getting up earlier, working late or finding the quiet hours and things. Uh, but eliminating distractions, I think it should be really high on your list of trying to be more productive in your business. Um, the thing is, I know a lot of us work from home and that can be difficult. So have you had any luck in actually getting distractions, you know, off to the side so you can actually do some deep work. Yeah. Um, the best, one of the best investments you can make is uh, noise canceling headphones. Um, those even like these, these have a switch, even if they're not playing anything, you can activate the noise cancellation. Um, and this isn't, these weren't expensive there. I actually, they're from some article like the, the best budget, noise canceling headphones or something like that, but they've lasted me years and years. So, uh, but they've been absolute, absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, especially cause uh, you know, if you're like me, you know, and the, and the four-year-old has perfected the art of the whining uh, that the, the sound of the whining can pierce through walls and ceilings and it, it will penetrate right into my brain yeah. and, it will hit the emergency brake on, on anything I'm trying to work on. So, um, yeah, I, I use the uh, noise canceling headphones quite often, you know, just to, just to try to stay focused on whatever I am. We've talked about it before, but I'm a big fan of what they're calling flow mm-hmm. is, and that's actually, you know, once you, once you get going, once you are productive, I just, I try to let it run as long as I possibly can. Um, so yeah, noise canceling headphones, uh, you know, one trick, I also tried just today, actually, because um, there was uh, some spirited yelling going on in the other room. Uh, but I, I heard a couple different places uh, were talking about listening to movie soundtracks. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. I actually fired up uh, uh, on Amazon Music. I fired up John Williams. Uh, he has his own channel, the uh, the Star Wars composer, the movie composer. And... Um, it's amazing how many movies he did. I, <laughs> the one little distraction is I'd hear something play and I'd be like, okay, what, what movie is this from? Right. Um, but it's still, uh, it was still overall positive. Um, so those, those have been uh, real good. Um, you know, we talked about it in, in time management a little bit too, about just kind of defining periods of time with your family and, and you know, mm-hmm. the people that are around you, you know, that, um, it's it's important to let them understand because it a lot of what we do might not look like work, <laughs> you know. Um, I a lot of what we do <laughs> is not yeah. perceived as work from from other people. Um, so yeah, so so it's important to to kind of have that conversation and and let them know, you know, that's this is time where I've got to get stuff done, you know. Mm-hmm. No, you, yeah, you can't have the fourth popsicle. You know, you're gonna have to wait. <laughs> you know, just you know, just uh, set some boundaries. Try to exactly. So, have you ever tried Brain.fm? No, 
Okay. What is that? So <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know whether or not I believe in in whether or not it works or not. But Brain.fm, they they say that they scientifically pick out uh, different sounds and music and things like that to try to get you into a flow state. And I I don't know. I I bought it on an AppSumo deal years and years ago when they were first first out. Uh, and so occasionally I will turn it on and it might be, a, um, I don't know, it might be a bubbling brook with uh, a little bit of what they call brown noise in the background. It's rather than white noise, it's like a different Hertz level uh, and things like that. Uh, and it could be the placebo effect, but it does seem to kind of get me kind of in a flow. Uh, and so I've used that for a while and it, it's great. I've tried brown noise. I've tried... Uh, you know, the same song on repeat. Uh, I've tried all those things. And, and this is kind of the only one that's really done well for me. Uh, I even tried listening to like podcasts and stuff, but that's, that's not a good idea because then I'm down, you know, oh, he, he mentioned this. I need to go Google that and I need to save <laughs> yep. these articles and stuff like that. So, uh, yep. but you know, so what you said, talking to your family, I think that is huge. Uh, like really, really huge because you're right. A lot of what we do does not look like work. Uh, you know, what we're doing right now, uh, my son might come in and he's like, oh, well, daddy's just having a conversation, you know, but in reality, this is part of our job now. We, you know, we try to educate and help other sellers. Uh, and so kind of laying that out and saying, okay, these are the times that I work and you need to kind of consider me not here. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not able to open that jar of pickles or, you know, that make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. This is when I'm, I'm working, uh, you know, and then, of course, making sure that there's time for them other times. Just like if you have an office job, I think is crazy important, uh, you know, and it, and it won't be too long before we're right in the middle of Q4. And if you have not had that conversation and you need to go pull a 16 hour day, maybe doing some re retail arbitrage or, or BOPUS, uh, you know, you're going to end up having an argument when it could have been handled with a conversation during Q3 about what was, you know, going to be the new normal in the last quarter of the year. Yeah. <clears throat> anything, uh, anything you outsource right now to, to be a little bit more productive? Not as much as I, I probably should. Um, I actually, I've gone the other way. <laughs> I started, uh, well, here's the way I look at it is, and, and we talked about it with, uh, when we had Chris Anderson on, um, about how I'm not afraid to add stuff, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not nearly where I want to be, you know? So as far as how I look at it, my days need to be a whole lot busier. You know, it, it's both, it's both a willingness to add stuff on, and at the same time, get more efficient because I know there's more coming, if that if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm certainly not afraid to, to add stuff on and, and kind of the, the myth of, of work-life balance. You know, it, it's part of the conversation when I was talking myself into starting to go to the gym. You know, I, I was having a conversation of what if something happened and I had to go back and get a full-time job mm -hmm. you know it, it's been 
It's been a, over two years. Has it? I don't know. Something like that. But let's call it two years for the sake of argument. Um, since I quit my my regular job, you know, and and whether it was based in reality or, or romanticism, <laughs> you know, the amount of time that you, you know, fantasized about having once that happened, you know, I've had two years of it. So there's mm-hmm. a certain amount of, you know, like pending regret, you know, like, like if I had to go get a job, how many different things would I kick myself over, you know, and, and the gym was one of them, you know, like you mm-hmm. have, you have all this time, you know, you have as much time as you want or as much time as you need, you know, my wife works afternoons, you know, so whether she's working or not, I have many hours starting in the morning, you know, to, if, I, if I need to go out and do something or if I want to go to the gym or whatever, you know, but it was basically a conversation that where I was, you know, I was kind of trying to, to get myself, uh, you know, a little bit amped up to, to do a little bit more. Um, yeah, but it, my point is I, I would kick myself that I didn't get more done when I had all this time. If I lose that time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so I took the long way around from, uh, getting to the point that I, I started mowing my grass, uh, myself. Um, we were, we we're going to try to have an arrangement, you know, between paying for cell phone and, and, uh, you know, teenager insurance, you know, I could have one of the kids do it and, and be justified in, in demanding it if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting back to those distractions, it's really nice to put the headphones on sometimes and, you know, just kind of get out there and, you know, <laughs> I can't hear anybody. <laughs> you know, just put your head down and just kind of mow some grass. Um, now, talk to me in September and, and you know, I may, <laughs> may be singing a different tune. <laughs> like this, this crap stopped growing already. But, uh, you know, at least right now, it's a it's a good release. Um, and I and I've got the time, you know, to, to take. So I have I have been really tempted to take that back from because I do. I pay for I pay somebody now uh, and I've been tempted to take it back and, and not like go buy a, a riding lawnmower, but, you know, get something that I push myself. Uh, and then I walked outside today and it was 99 degrees and, and it was like 75% humidity right after a rainstorm. And I was like, you know what? I can't do it. Uh, I, I want to, because it, it is a time when you can, you could throw on a podcast, you could throw on a book, you can, you know, Hey, nobody go bother dad. He's, he's mowing our grass. Like it's, you know, it's one of those things that's yeah. tangible for everybody to see. Uh, and, and he kind of gets to sit there and and do the work. Um, yeah, it's decent exercise. Um, yeah, you know, you usually work up a good sweat, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, um, that's something, you know, we talked about it offline, um, before about the, the advantages of the sauna. I was trying Mm -hmm. to restate the, uh, I was trying to restate the stats to somebody the other day about, uh, the benefits of the sauna. Oh yeah. But, uh, as far as like, you know, heart related, disease and, and health complications with your heart. Um, you know, but I, I kind of got to think of that, um, you know, aside from being damp because uh, it's hot out and I'm completely out of shape. Uh, you know, I, I, I really didn't sweat too much, you know, mm-hmm. so I, that, that's part of my gym routine is, is like going in the sauna. Nice. Uh, they have a sauna and a steam room. So I, and I'm actually hitting them both. I, I, I sweat from places that I didn't know I had sweat glands. 
I don't, it's unbelievable. I mean, once you, once you get going and it kind of hits you all of a sudden, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like the, the Florida heat, you know, it's, you walk out and, and it's like, all right, this isn't too bad. And then before you know it, 90 seconds later, you're just drenched, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it's insane to me how hot it is. Uh, and I've got lots of colorful ways to say it uh, now that I've moved down here to the South. <laughs> But yeah, but uh, yeah, getting a good sweat in because I was, you know, it, and I was thinking about, you know, my job and what I do and, and, you know, thinking about the fact that I'm, you know, basically my physique kind of resembles holding the top of a water balloon. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, I, you know, maybe, you know, getting out and, and doing some, doing some activity uh, is probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, um, I like that. I like that idea. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to th- maybe I'll have to rethink my position on letting someone else mow my lawn for me. Yeah, you know, but there are some other things that that I that we've done. You know, like, you know, we have a house a house cleaner uh, who comes. Uh, I don't know once every two weeks or something like that. Uh, and my thought process there was, you know, it'd be kind of nice if my wife doesn't doesn't need to do this or worry about it or anything like that. Uh, and it'll also keep me from having to, to help out. So, you know, kind of selfish there. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's been kind of nice, but it also, it, I don't know, it just, the stress levels of not having to worry about that kind of stuff has been good, uh, for the entire household. Um, but I need to, it's something I need to be better at is, is outsourcing. I'm, I'm not great at it. Uh, I've tried, I've tried to get better at it. Uh, but I worry that others won't do as good as me. And as much as I say, it's okay if they do 70% as good as me, I don't really think that way, uh, you know, once it comes time to actually finish the work. Uh, and so I, that's a, that's a really big drawback of, of mine. I need to fix. I was kind of waiting. I'd love to get somebody in to, to clean the house. I think that would be definitely worth the money. Um, the benefits far outweigh the cost, but uh, I, I was a little iffy with COVID going on, you know, it, yeah. like that's not a, it's not a great business uh, under the, in the current environment. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, we took off, I think I want to say, I don't know, it was either six months or maybe even, uh, maybe even a full year when that all hit. Uh, and now, you know, now it's kind of back to normal. Uh, yeah. But they do come in and they, they all, the, the two of them, they wear masks and stuff uh, and things like that. But uh, it, it, is, it is very nice. And they do a heck of a better job than I ever would, uh, t- to be quite <laughs> honest. Uh, I would I'd half-ass that uh, as quickly <laughs> as I could. <laughs> uh, any, any, other, any other things about productivity that we've missed? I, there's, there's so many facets to it. It's hard to make sure you hit every single one. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's important to um, be, be real honest, be as honest with yourself as you can uh, and audit your own processes. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that's pretty uncomfortable to do. Um, But, you know, especially in, in a situation like ours where that, you know, there's no, supervisor over our heads you know that so faking something you know <laughs> there's nothing good gonna come of that and there's no reason to do it you know at all so um but 
you know, being able to audit just how long it actually takes you to do the different tasks that you do on, on a regular basis. You know, that that's, um, you know, the point where, where days slip away is where I, I've underestimated the amount of time that's going to take me to get something done, you know? And, and so not that I officially have like, you know, blocks of time, but, you know, kind of in my head, I know I'm, I've now pushed into another block of time that was dedicated for the next thing on my list, you know, and, and yeah. or however I had it arranged in my head. So it, the better you can be about being honest, you know, about how long stuff takes, you know, I, 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 uh, I tend to, <laughs> I have a, a very high opinion of my future self. <laughs> that guy kicks a whole bunch of ass. Um, me, myself, not so much. <laughs> you know? So I can sit there and say, well, you know, I'll give myself two hours to do X. When, you know, if I was being honest or if I was paying attention even, I know I need four hours, mm -hmm. you know, so, so I can actually derail an entire day and, you know, create a, a frustrating loop for myself in the process, um, you know, simply by not paying enough attention, you know, not not being a good enough auditor of, uh, you know, the, the, the time it takes for the tasks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's classic. You know, Peter Drucker, you know, of course, probably said it best. What what you can't measure can't be managed. Uh, and and it's hard one, it's, I think it's hard to measure ourselves. You know, I, I kind of like, uh, it, did you ever watch the, the talk from the Google employee who talked about OKRs uh, <laughs> and how they, they do that? Okay, so uh, one, of the, one of the heads at Google decided that they would, they would manage a little bit differently. And so they used OKRs. Uh, and what these were, shoot, I'm going to forget what the, what the OKR stands for. Um, uh, stands for objectives and key results. And they, each person would have to score themselves on the objectives and key results that they had uh, in what they were responsible for. Uh, and of course, if you scored a 10, then you didn't set your objectives high enough or hard enough. And if you scored like a seven or eight, uh, or, you know, even nine, you're probably kind of in the right place. And if you scored under a seven, then you've got some room for improvement. Uh, and they would give it to their, their report, their direct report, and then they would discuss it and say, okay, are you, you know, are you really, are you giving yourself all tens here and you really think that, or are you trying to make me happy and think I want to see all sevens because then you've just barely gotten to where I think you should be. Uh, but once they started doing this and kind of self-reflecting on uh, where they were, they actually saw productivity and they saw new projects go faster and become, you know, it's, it's actually how Gmail, uh, you know, came to be. It was a side project and someone started like rating it with their OKR system. Uh, and then the timeline just kind of moved up and it became Gmail that we know now. Uh, I'll have to see if I can find the link to the talk because it's excellent. And if I do, it'll be in the show notes, uh, of this episode, but really, really good. Uh, now I will have to also say, this is a great time to plug your goal tracking spreadsheet. 
you know, it's not 100% about, uh, you know, being productive, but if you don't know your numbers, you can't manage them. Uh, and so Chris has a goal, goal tracking spreadsheet for buying, uh, you know, inventory and things like that. You can get it at cleartheshelf.com forward slash gold dash tracking. Uh, and that's of course also in the show notes as well. So make sure to grab a copy of that. Um, but yeah, uh, being honest with yourself is tough, but imperative. If I think you want to kind of get to the next level or add something to your business or, I mean, let's be honest, maybe one of the things that people aren't so great about is subtracting. And sometimes subtracting something is the best way to add to your business because, I mean, I don't know, if I took a really hard look, there's probably a fair amount of dead weight that I could get rid of or things that I do that are not necessary. Uh, And that can be just as important or powerful as adding that next trick or hack or tactic to your productivity stack. Yeah, what uh how do you, what how do you plan your day? What what's the the game plan? How do you attack it? Uh well, one thing that I really try to do is uh I do try to write down everything that needs to be done the next day the night before. And <laughs> so, if you're ever laying in bed, you know, with your wife and you you know, maybe having a little bit of of chatting or or maybe watching a show together, whatever you might do before everyone drifts off to sleep. Uh, you ever have your wife roll over and just look at you and say, hey, what are you thinking about? <laughs> okay. Well, I like to be able to answer nothing and not lie about it. Uh, and that's kind of what putting all of my to-do list or my ideas down on paper before I go to bed allows me to do. Allows me to get much, much better sleep that way. Uh my wife has never been able to say that nothing is on her mind. Uh, but I have, and I'm not lying about it. I, I'll be absolutely clear headed uh, before going to bed. Uh, but I think the biggest thing about that is I've gotten everything out on paper. And I do try to keep, I try to keep some notepads around different places so that I can write ideas down as they come. Because uh, when inspiration strikes in the shower, once you're done drying off, it's usually gone. Um, But then what I try to do is in the morning time, I do try to have a little bit of a routine, uh, you know, going outside, taking the dogs out. Uh, I typically don't have any caffeine until about 10 a.m. And and then I try to get a couple of easy things off my to do list, whether it's replying to, you know, one or two emails or, you know, taking care of DMs or something like that. I know that you're not. You're not supposed to do email first and all of that stuff, but I like to stack those little wins. Uh, and then I'll dig into something a little bit harder. Uh, you know, maybe I've got to, maybe I want to source. Like I typically don't source until about 11 or 11.30 in the morning. And then I'll try to get maybe two hours worth of sourcing in. Uh, and then the rest of the day, it's often reactionary work. Things of uh, things I've got to react to emails, uh, you know, account health issues, uh, inventory that's gone stranded or, or whatever it is. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of the day, I typically try to read all the newsletters that are in my email inbox before kind of clocking out for the day. Cause I too have a bad habit of signing up for, uh, for newsletters. Uh, 
What about uh, do you have do you have any tactics now? You, I'm particularly interested in your answer to these questions because you have many more channels than probably a typical you know Amazon seller. You know you have your you know your your coaching. You know your obviously the OA challenge and everything goes along. You know you're with that your admin to several different groups. You know um, you're a media presence. And then you're an Amazon seller on top of it. And, you know, so how do you do you have any tactics on weaving in and out of those different doors? Like, how do you how do you juggle you know, kind of on a, on a 50,000 foot level? How do you juggle between those? That's a that's a good question. I'm not sure that I necessarily do it properly. Uh, and I'm not necessarily sure that I do it in the most efficient fashion that's possible. So. I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little odd and that's, that wouldn't surprise me or anybody else, but, uh, I kind of, in my brain, I kind of have boxes and I am really, really good at kind of packing one of the boxes away and opening up one of the box, one of the other boxes and just being able to think about that. Um, and, uh, and so what I will do is I typically, figure out what needs to, what needs to actually have my attention for a while. And I kind of unpack that box uh, and deal with it. And I can do that without thinking about anything else at the time. Uh, and I don't know if I'm wired weird or, or whatever. Um, that's unfortunately, that's about as about it. Uh, you know, and I'll, I write everything down. So if I know that I need to, you know, like, for example, tomorrow is the beginning of a week, so uh, IP alert needs to be updated. Uh, I've got, let's see, I've got a video that needs to be created for our VIP group. Uh, and I've got sourcing that needs to be done tomorrow. Uh, I also want to make sure that, you know, uh, since Prime Day is on Tuesday and Wednesday, I do want to actually call one of my credit cards and, like, make sure they know I'm going to be dropping a lot of money. Uh, or at least I hope to, uh, but I just write them down and then I get to them, you know, as needed. And that, I don't know, it's probably not the best. Uh, and then I put out fires, you know, when they pop up, that doesn't happen too, too often. Uh, yeah, I wish I had a better answer for it, but, but that's it. So, but one of the other things is, is I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to the work-life balance. Uh, I, I don't know if it exists. I think there's seasons for everything. And so, you know, uh, if I go on vacation, I really do try to, to be much more like 90-10, 90% family, 10%, you know, work or reading or something like that. Uh, but then, you know, when we're home, it might be more like 80-20 work. And like, I enjoy it. I will find myself... You know, everyone's watching a television program like, oh, hey, I'm going to go handle something for a few minutes. And then all of a sudden, two hours later, I've found that I've you know been doing work and not looked up at all. Uh, and I don't think it's a bad thing as long as everybody understands and, you know, nobody's being neglected or anything like that. But I just don't think that you can actually have a work life balance. That's not a bad thing to want to work and to actually, you know, put the time in uh, behind the desk. So, uh, some people might, might say it's workaholic, workaholic is whatever that word is, but, uh, 
I don't necessarily think it's necessarily a bad thing as long as there's an ebb and a flow to it. Well, we're kind of working in an environment that doesn't have protocols. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's there's something to be said about being home. You know, it, it's, yeah, yeah. If you're punching a clock offsite at a full time job, you know, you can't pause what you're doing to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for one of your kids or, you mm-hmm. know, take the dogs out. You know, chances are you've you know, you, you've already sent the kids to, to whoever has to watch them or, you know, or to whatever you do, stop home at lunch to let the dogs out or, you know, however you had to juggle it before. So, you know, I there's a lot of there, there's so much extra time, you know, and extra moments that we get doing this business with our family. You know, it's it's definitely one of the things that that when I think about if something went wrong, you know, I mean, that's definitely on the the positive side of things, you know, is, is I, there's so much time that with the ch- with the kids mm-hmm. th- that just wouldn't have been there otherwise, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I stole moments, you know, and memories, you know, it, it created them almost out of thin air, you know, by making the decision to do this. So that's, that's absolutely a, a huge positive uh, uh, of, of everything, no matter how it plays out. But, uh, you know, that so that and we can't have we can't have an episode on productivity without asking this question, which spins around in my head over and over again. And it's and, and maybe it's it's the the other side of the coin with productivity is, you know, now you mentioned it, work life balance. And, and that kind of touches uh, uh, that nestles up against hustle culture, which we've mm-hmm. we've talked about before and hustle porn. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do, there's no, including our work day, <laughs> there's no defined stopping time. You mm-hmm. know, like we don't, we can go as long as we want to, or as long as we can, or, you know, as long as we have to, or whatever it may be. And this is the kind of stuff, and, and side hustles are the same way. So this applies even if you're not a full-time seller, even if you're doing this part-time. You know, if you punch out from your your day job and you're like, OK, it's like when I when I still have my day job and I was had a side hustle. I love the thought and I, I I got I got so infatuated with the thought that instead of spending money, instead of going out to eat or something like that, I could actually reverse it and make money, you know, mm-hmm. which is a multiplier effect. You know, you're getting the best of both sides of that. So and I think. I would assume that's probably the, the general, you know, the general idea on why people get obsessed with, you know, the hustle culture, you know, and they're like, yeah, you know, I just constantly make money. Um, the the downside to that is it, it's tough to figure out when to turn it off and, and you know, and when to just kind of unplug and, and, you know, or, or punch out <laughs> um, yourself. So, and I'm interested in, in your take on this because again, you have so many different channels and, and, you know, so many different directions that, that you can go in. I imagine you have, would have that feeling if you let yourself think it, that there's always something that you could be doing. You could always be making more money and, and, you know, there's always, there's always another, whatever, there's always another video that you can make. There's always another, you know, you could, brush up a blog post or write a new one for, for cleartheshelf.com or, you know, there's so many different things that, that you, if you let yourself, you know, go in that direction, it, it could really snowball into something crazy. So how do you, 
how did you do you just not are you just not wired that way or did how did you figure out when it was time to just say okay that's it that's a that's a good question i don't know i'm not sure that i'm necessarily wired like everybody because i'll be honest with you like having conversations like this like this is this is un unplugging for me you know uh, we get to have a good conversation, which of course is always fun. Uh, but we also get to do it on some topics that we enjoy. And a lot of them are business related. Uh, this would be something for me. This is, this is a vacation. Okay. Um, now I do try to take one day or, or maybe even just half a day every week where like, okay, so this Saturday, you know, we went out on the lake, uh, and phones away. Uh, there, there are no phone. My wife is allowed to take selfies and family pictures, but other than that, phones have to be put away. Uh, yeah, one, it's safety thing, but number two, uh, you know, just so that we're not glued to our phone while we're trying to have fun and enjoy each other's company. Uh, and I try to do that once a week for a little while, but I also don't necessarily think that you should not do something that you really enjoy. And I happen to enjoy, uh, you know, all the things that I do. Uh, so for me, it, it might be different. You know, I know a lot of people and it's, you know, self-care and all that stuff is very popular right now. So I think people need to kind of figure that out and say, okay, are you someone who like, you want to work 12 hours a day and that's kind of how you feed your soul, then that's fine. I don't think you should shy away from that. But if you're someone who is like, you know what I need, I could do five days a week of maybe two extra hours on top of my job. Uh, but then I need the weekends. Like that's my time. That's, you know, I need to be away from working. That's okay too. Uh, and I think it's okay. Like, I don't know. I think it's okay to compare ourselves to maybe people who are where we want to be because it gives you some motivation. Uh, but I also think that we need to kind of take a step back and think about, well, what's important in our lives and, and where do we want to be and are the actions that we're taking going to get us there and then kind of design your life around that. Um, you know, and I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I've done. I know, I know the goal. I know the long-term goal of where I want to get. Uh, and I know what I enjoy and what I don't enjoy. And so I've kind of been fortunate enough to be able to build my kind of life in that, that way now. So I can, I can work on getting to the goal. I can enjoy my family. Uh, and I get to do things that, you know, are fun for me. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's not even just, self-care you know it, it, it's almost there's also the the factor of you know the people that are really hard on themselves or are so ambitious you mm -hmm. know there's almost a, a guilt that can take place if you do take some time for yourself you know or, yeah. or if you do it, it can be tough to say okay i i've i've done enough for today you know because again like i even like i mentioned before you know you have your future self, you know, what, what you see as yourself in, in the future. And th that person often is far more productive than, you know, the present self, you know, ourself. Yeah. So, you know, so you can almost compare yourself to, you know, and, and it's easy to, to 
get kind of bogged down and get negative about not doing quite as much, you know, as, as maybe you thought, but, uh, it, there, it could be tough to, to give yourself permission to, to say, okay, you know, like that, that's it for the day or, or, you know, I'm not doing any, I'm not working today, you know, and it, yeah. it's, it's family time or, or, you know, whatever, or it's hobby time or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I think that one of the biggest reasons that maybe people either don't want to give themselves that time off or, uh, you know, feel like they have to work 24 seven, uh, is a couple of things, you know, I want to, I can't remember if it's Tony Robbins or who says it, but you know, people seem to overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. Uh, and I think that as entrepreneurs and, you know, if you're into hustle culture and, and all of that stuff and, you know, flashy cars on Instagram, uh, people are like, oh, well, you know what? You should be making seven figures in a year. And I call BS, you know, uh, can you be doing seven figures in a decade? Yeah, I absolutely think you can. I think, I think we need to readjust our timelines on, you know, for success. Uh, I don't know. Everyone's going to see your success as overnight, wherever you are, you know, they're gonna be like, Oh, we, you know, you got lucky and you, uh, all of a sudden you were successful. Um, and that's not the case, you know, uh, like you're at a place now you've been doing this for two years and, you know, your buddies have got to be like, Oh, well, Rasic doesn't have to go to a job and isn't he lucky, but you know, they don't realize that, you know, you're up until 11 or midnight, you know, recording a podcast with, with some other weird guy at his house, uh, you know, uh, and, and it's the same, like my family still even is kind of like, Oh man, you're so lucky you work at home and, uh, you know, you don't have a boss and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, we've been doing this for like 10 years now. It's, it's not luck. It's just persistence. Uh, you know, and you could do the same thing if you want to, uh, as long as you get your, your time horizon, right. Uh, but I think that's a really big thing that people need to, to think about is whatever you do, it's not going to be, you know, six months from now, it's not going to be a year from now. Maybe it's three or five or 10 years from now where, you know, you're at a place you want to be in or happy with. And that's okay because that's, that's what it takes, you know? Yeah. Even unicorns like Uber and stuff like that, they weren't successful in, uh, in the first year. It took them a lot longer to really get traction. Yeah. You know, get back to, it gets back to what you said about thinking in seasons, you know, it's that same concept. And that's a really good, really good way of thinking about it. Um, for multiple multiple things even even personal development you know i kind of uh personally i i just kind of naturally i end up kind of looking back on myself every five years Mm -hmm. um and i'm lucky that you know i'm honest enough to sit there and go man i'm an idiot (laughs) (laughs) because i think if, if you if you look back at yourself you know five years ago and you don't think you're an idiot um you you might still be one <laughs> you know? so, yep but uh i just kind of naturally did it you know you just kind of just kind of take chunks of time and and kind of reassess it and then you know i 
I was just kind of did that naturally. But uh, so it was interesting to start reading. Um, I know Alex Hermosi, um, Hermosi. Is it Ozzy or Ozzy? I want to say it's Hormozy, uh, but I don't yeah, know for sure. Um, I think it was, I think when he was on my first million, he's probably said it multiple times, but I know he mentioned it there, you know, where he was talking about, um, you know, thinking in, in seasons, you know, and he mm-hmm. said, um, I don't know if it was five years, but I, I think it was like three year windows, you know, and, and he kind of just decided where he wanted to, what goal he wanted to accomplish in, in this three year window or whatever it was. And uh, just kind of worked that way, you know, and, and again, like, tell me that's not extremely uh, uh, similar to setting the goal, figuring out how to get there and then just forgetting about the goal and just kind of working on the process. It's just, you know, you make progress. Um, yeah, I'm glad we got hustle culture in there because, you know, I think it's important to, to draw that distinction, you know, that you can be productive in, in, and not have it take forever. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you don't have to kill yourself to, to, to be productive, you know? Um, it, and, and that's, you know, it's more about the, the, you know, the quality of, of what you're doing when you do it. Um, I think that's an important distinction, you know, that it's not simply just, um, you know, logging an enormous amount of time or, or, you know, just working your fingers to the bone to, to, you know, produce this, this mountain of stuff, you know, it's, it's a little more nuanced than that. Yeah. Yeah. The, I don't know. It's a weird flex to me for people to be like, Oh yeah. You know, 18 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't, I don't know. Time logged behind a desk or in an office or, you know, whatever you're doing. It's just, that's a weird flex, Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know why that's a badge of honor. Uh, kind of one of the holdovers from the '60s, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's good that we're we're kind of moving away and and kind of recognizing that uh, that's not that great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with the I don't know with the amount of things that we can leverage nowadays. I I actually I tweeted the other day. I woke up. Um, I think it was Saturday morning. I woke up and had had a pretty good sales morning before I'd even gotten out of bed. And, you know, I was just kind of thinking about how cool it is that we can wake up and have had money that's made. And I know it's not passive income, uh, you know, but it is, you know, our friend, Nate McAllister, he likes to call it passive where you get paid for work that you've done in the past. Uh, you know, but we can leverage things like these huge marketplaces the power of the internet, uh, et cetera, you know, to be able to create an income and it doesn't require us to, you know, log in hours in the office, uh, you know, more than the next guy or anything like that. I don't know. It's never going to get old to me. I don't think, at least I hope it doesn't. Yeah, me too. You got, uh, you're 10 years strong. So that's, uh, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Any uh, any last tips or tricks or anything like that that uh, you've got to share with folks uh, about how they could be more productive? No, you know what I I think um, it, you know if, if you know the the handful of people that uh, might still be listening to us uh, <laughs> if you if you connect the dots you know if you if you take a lot of the concepts and not that you know. It, 
we probably weren't strategic or efficient in, in delivering them to you. But, you know, the, the people that have, have been listening from the beginning, you know, all this stuff is, is related to each other, mm-hmm. you know, you know, between the, the, you know, the time management and, uh, you know, obviously today's productivity, um, you know, but we've talked about, um, you know, medicating your pain points, you know, just, just the stuff you don't like doing, you know, it, it, it's all connected, you know, and, and it's, again, that's why I keep listening to these, these books to try to hammer it home, you know, because it's, it's all right there, you know, on, on how to, how to become incredibly efficient. And, and, you know, and, and especially like you were just saying this business, it's so easy to, to make at least some money on the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, the the gateway to to completely supporting yourself and and, and supporting your family and and doing pretty much whatever you want to do you know it's not it's not impossible you know there's examples all over the place if you pay attention and and, you know and you read and you you pay attention to social media the the genuine people not the people renting uh, exotic cars and (laughs) posting that sort of stuff but you know, the, you know, the, the, the teachers, you know, the people who are, who are willing to teach, um, which is such a, a great quality, um, you know, and I think most people can pretty much tell who the genuine people are, you know, the ones that are, are truly trying to help, mm-hmm. you know, but if you, if you put it all together, um, and, and read a couple of these books, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's about buying in is basically what I'm, what I'm getting at, you know, it is, you know, if you, if you truly want to make it work or, you know, you're struggling and, and you really, you know, you want to get over whatever hump it is, or, you know, you've plateaued somewhere, um, just buy in, you know, whether if it's the 1% or any of these concepts, um, you know, and, and hit us in the comments, you know, if, if you want to talk about something else or you need a recommendation or something like that, um, you know, it, it, it's possible, you know, like the, the blueprints are there if you're just kind of paying attention. You know, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just cherry picking the the 1% thing. But, you know, it's such a simple concept, just a series of small improvements every day or on a consistent basis. Um, again, it's thinking in seasons. It's that's how you're going to accomplish far more than you gave yourself credit for over a longer timeline. Yeah. So that's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a cop out to <laughs> to just toss it back to everything that we've talked about since we started the podcast. But uh... yeah, no, something you said though, really, I think really is a really strong point that I think a lot of people who maybe are not, they want a side hustle or they, you know, they want to do something different, but have never actually pulled the trigger uh, is that buy-in, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really easy to, I don't know, be scrolling TikTok or YouTube or Facebook or whatever it is. And, oh, you know, that's a scam. Oh, that's a scam. You know, when people are like, hey, this is, this is how you do it. This is what you need to do next and things like that. There's just, there's so much information out there. Uh, but you do have to allow yourself to believe in it. Uh, you know, does that mean you're going to fall down the wrong rabbit hole or you're going to make a mistake or, you know, maybe lose a little money trying to trying something out? Yeah, absolutely. You know, but there's so many success stories out there uh, that you do have to allow yourself to believe for a little while and uh, kind of suspend that that lizard brain that is always trying to get us to look out for danger. 
Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's a good opening for this. I, I thought we were, I thought I was going to be able to slide this in before, but the, the moment got away, but uh, you came back around for me. Um, I, I retweeted this the other day. Um, it's from Ed Lattimore. And he says, uh, someone with half your IQ is making 10 times as much as you because they aren't smart enough to doubt themselves. Yes. I, that's that really was, good. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't retweet a whole bunch of stuff, but I, I read that and I was like, man, I, I, it was one of those, uh, I feel personally attacked retweets, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm retweeting it for myself <laughs> so I could go back to my own profile and, and read that when I need to. I'll tell you the, the memory feature on Facebook is probably one of the most powerful things there, there is, you know, if you actually document, you know, milestones or your life or things like that, you've got box pictures on your Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's going to be a really great thing, you know, in a year, two years when you're like, Oh, that was cute. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, if I could go back and give 18 year old Chris some advice, it would be to, Hey, let down your guard a little bit when it comes to, you know, producing income or, you know, what it actually takes to be successful or those kind of things, uh, and allow yourself to be a little bit more vulnerable and believe, uh, because I was, I was, you know, I don't know. I, 18 years old, I thought I knew everything. And of course that made me kind of cynical and, you know, things like that. And, uh, I probably, I would probably be a lot further along had I, uh, been a little bit more open, a little bit younger. And so that's, that's, if, if you happen to be listening to this and you're 18, you know, 20 years old, uh, have a little bit of an open mind and, and try some things out. Don't be afraid to fail, uh, because everything's figure outable and you'll probably be able to, you know, not have a boss, uh, in the future. So, yeah. And if you're 18 and listening, go back one episode and listen to the interview with miles. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and learn as much as you can from that guy, from energy to, uh, you know, execution. That guy was, a uh, that guy was on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Someone in the comments said it was like, uh, listening to that episode was like drinking a gallon of coffee, uh, <laughs> you know, with his energy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's contagious. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's great. That was a good talk. Yeah, it was. Uh, we should probably wrap it up and, and talk a little bit about or let's let's do the quote of the week. Uh, so speaking of uh, email newsletters, this one comes from the uh, uh, the founder of Farnham Street blog, which is a fantastic blog. Number one, really great email newsletter uh, if you are not already on it. But his name is Shane Parrish. Uh, and he says, one of the biggest keys to success at anything hard is believing that you can figure it out as you go along. Um, and I think that one is, I think it's really, really important to believe that. Uh, you know, as entrepreneurs, we talk about entrepreneurs being the people who jump out of an airplane and figure out how to build a parachute on the way down. Uh, I often say, say that everything is figure outable. Uh, and in a time when knowledge is so cheap, uh, you know, it wasn't always this way. It was harder to get, you know, education. It was harder to get access to materials. But, you know, when just about everything is a Google search away, uh, you really can figure out just about anything, whether you 
You need to learn how to not shock yourself when you install your uh, your ring doorbells or, uh, you know, you want to figure out how to create a, a business. Uh, everything is out there on the Internet. So spend some time looking for it. Um, yeah. yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it for this week, man. Uh, we'll be back with a, a new episode next week. I hope you guys have a killer prime day. Chris, thanks for hanging out with me again, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. You got uh, it. Yeah. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, screenshot it, share it with your favorite uh, Facebook groups or on social media. We would greatly appreciate it. And as always, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. All right. Have a great one, everybody. Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.